0: Welcome to Bancroft's Broadcasts, the school podcast where we talk to staff, parents and pupils to find out more about the school and its community. This is the place to keep up to date and in touch with our school. So let's get into this episode of Bancroft's Broadcasts.
1: In this episode of Bancroft's Broadcasts, we're taking a look at the co-curricular side of life at the school, that's all the good stuff that goes on outside regular lesson times, like sports, music, drama and adventures beyond the school. To help us understand more, we're speaking to Head of Co-Curriculum, Eleanor Burnside, as well as students Alex Gasser and Jaya Robertson. So let's begin by meeting Eleanor Burnside. Hello, Eleanor. Hi, Clive. Eleanor, tell us, if you could, about your role at Bancrofts.
2: I am assistant head and I'm in charge of activities and the co-curriculum, which I like to say means I'm in charge of the fun here. I am an English teacher by training and I've been head of English uh, in a couple of other places uh, and also acting head of English here. But my the role that I was employed to do, and that I'm now full in the swing of post-COVID is making sure that the sports, the drama, the music, the clubs, the trips, the outdoor education all run smoothly and that we're catering for the needs and interests of our kids.
1: Gosh it sounds like you have a busy time there.
2: I do have a busy time I really like it.
1: (laughs) I like the way you described yourself as being in charge of the fun. Head of Fun would be an excellent job title.
2: Yeah I like to boast about it.
1: (laughs) And you know what it's that side of things it's that co-curricular side that I'd really like to ask you a little a little more about but I know we also have a couple of other guests with us don't we?
2: Yeah when I was asked to to come and talk to you i thought that talking about the fun in school is all very well if uh, adults talk about it but in fact um two of my former pupils two of our brilliant sixth formers are really involved in all sorts of areas and i i knew that our listeners would be glad to hear what our actual kids actually do so uh, we've got here jaya and alex
1: Wonderful. Hello, Clive. Hello. Jaya, hello. I'll speak to you first. Jaya, tell us a bit about how long you've been at the school, what stage you're at, and, and possibly what you like about being at Bancrofts.
0: Okay, so I'm an A-level student in the lower sixth, and I've been here since, we call it the third, but I've been here since year seven, so since I was 11. I'm coming up on a long time now. Um I love everything about Bancroft's. So I really get involved all the co-curricular activities, which is why we're here to talk about it. Um, and yeah, so a particular interest is drama or sports and music. I'm doing drama A-level currently, and the school put on a lot of plays and musicals that I always like to get involved in, so that's really fun.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, Jaya. And Alex, let's let's meet you. Alex, tell us if you could a little about yourself and how long you've been at Bancroft's and what you like about being at the school.
3: Uh, yeah, so I've been at school since... Before the senior school, I was here since the prep school year three. Um, I've always been I've always been an avid rugby lover. I've played rugby since I was about four years old. And Have you? <laughs> yeah. And even through school, like I always got involved in whether it was coaching or teaching rugby or playing rugby. Like I'm obviously I'm in the sixth form, lower sixth as well. And I've played first team rugby for the school. And I love how just no matter where you go in the school, it seems to be a team attitude. From staff to students, and I really like it. so
1: that's a really nice thing to hear. And do you know what that echoes things I think we've heard from other interviews, from other podcasts that we've done, that that idea of a, a team, a community um, echoes a lot of what we've heard. So let's turn back to our main topic for this conversation. We're chatting about what we're calling co-curriculum. Now that, when I first saw that in my notes, I thought co-curriculum, uh, that sounds a bit unusual to me. It's not a term I'd heard. But then, Eleanor, you mentioned it's its about fun. Is it that simple? Tell us about what the co-curricular area actually entails in detail.
2: Well. When I was a child, it was extracurricular activities, but that change in nomenclature is really deliberate. So extra um, obviously means that the, the things that kids do in addition to their lessons is outside what's valuable. Whereas co, that prefix means that it's with the curriculum so that it's implying an equal valuing as part of the kind of holistic vision that we've got for our children of um, running around outdoors, learning to be a team player, learning to fail and it being all right, learning to do something daring to manage your own time. All those things that come with what we brand as having fun are not about the acquisition of information or passing tests, but being creative in problem solving and I think kind of wider life skills. So one of the reasons that I'm, I'm really passionate about the work that I do is that there's so much robust scientific evidence about the way in which participation in co-curricular activities, things outside the classroom, and in, uh, in particular sport, there's the strongest evidence there, is incredibly well correlated with the development of resilience and mental toughness um, which is a a sort of psychological specific term rather than just being a a dinner party term to mean the capacity to handle misfortune to be able to um, plan for the long term to think about delayed gratification uh, approaches like that and the the experience of kids within the school environment to develop mental toughness and to be more resilient I guess we could say is more important than ever now given the kind of academic demands that we've got and the uncertainties that there are for our our children's careers and the the kind of environmental and economic anxieties that there are at the moment so I think the co-curricular provision it's arguable is one of the most valuable things that we do as a school.
1: So it's clear then that this is not just a change in terminology. When you said extracurricular, then that did remind me of terms I'd heard possibly when I was at school. But it's more than just a shift in the wording. It's a, it's a shift in the way we regard this sort of thing, that it's not a sort of a trivial thing on the side just for fun. It is actually an important learning experience alongside maybe the more academic subjects.
2: Yeah, so calling myself being in charge of fun, I'm, I'm being facetious, but, you know, that <laughs> fun is... That fun is valuable. Like little children learn through play and animals learn through play and our older children, our students continue to learn through those kind of play type activities, just as adults need to. You know, the the way in which exploration and personal development happens through experimental
1: thinking is what play means. Sure. So let's talk about the actual topics then. We're looking at things like drama we've mentioned, you mentioned sports. Uh, what else can we think of in this category of co-curriculum?
2: Alex and Jay, do you want to talk about the things that you've done kind of moving up through the school of what else counts as that co-curriculum, what your clubs or your... Yeah,
0: so as I said, I'm obviously quite interested in drama, but they also have, well, I think anything kind of outside the classroom, there are so many different clubs and societies. So I run, well, I'm the chair of something called Equality Society. So we have, every two weeks, we kind of have different debates we'll send out a question and we invite anyone in the school to come and talk about it and I think as Miss was saying I think it's quite almost essential to your academic learning to really because you can enhance that through fun and it's also such a good way to get each year to connect with each other. So if you have sixth formers and year sevens talking about the same issues and having the same similar opinions, I think that's one of the reasons it's so important.
1: So would you agree with what we heard before then, that this is more than just an extra thing to do outside your your regular schoolwork? This is part of the learning that you enjoy and appreciate at Bancroft's?
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think it's also, while this can enhance the academic side of school, I think it's also important that the kids know it's not just to focus on that because you need you need something to something to think differently because the academic work we do is you're using your brain in one specific way. So it's very important to develop your thinking in all kinds of ways, which can be done, especially like definitely through music, definitely through sport. You don't learn teamwork and things like that from being in the classroom.
1: Alex, what do you think? Do you agree with this idea that these activities we do when you're away from your desks, away from your school books, sit alongside as, as a kind of learning in themselves? How do you see it?
3: Yeah, 100%. Like I think... I'm part of, so I do physics A-level and I think the physics department's one of the best departments in the school for co-curricular stuff, because in physics, there's a society called PhysSoc, which is literally physics society, but shortened. And, <laughs> like the range of stuff they do is massive. Like I've gone to lectures in Cambridge. I've gone, I've gone to online seminars and we've done experiments in class and outside of class about bungee jumping and ski jumping and stuff like that. And there's trips booked to go bungee jumping. And then, yeah. And to like measure the tensile strength of different ropes. And I think the way you learn can be so easily brought into real world situations, which is so much more helpful than seeing it on a board or like seeing it like written down on a piece of paper. And I think that's something that the physics department encapsulated really well.
1: So I'm wondering if some of our listeners might just be wondering if they heard that properly. We're actually saying here that as a uh, as an exercise in physics and understanding certain physics principles, bungee jumping was used as a way of, of, of better understanding the forces at play there, yeah? <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. What a way to think about it. So does this fit the pattern then that the co-curricular activities sit alongside academic topics and 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 one helps the other is that a pattern that we see Eleanor?
2: i think what's really valuable here is the encouraging them that we've got for teachers to model the kinds of uh, behaviors that we want our children to learn so as the the lead in the co-curricular life at the school i ask and encourage the staff to do something within their own academic specialism, like Alex is saying about doing physsoc with his physics teachers, um, where he already knows that they're interested in physics. But also, um, I know, for example, that the head of physics uh, is really keen on chess and on hockey and has led those activities. It's Brilliant for the kids to see that part of being a, a healthy and satisfied human is not only having your own specialist area of academic ability, which obviously given the the very able kids that we have in this school is the case. But being a contented human means being able to have an outlet in somewhere that's not going to be assessed in somewhere that's not going to be the be all and end all and instead is just about being alive. And I think um, Alex's example about leading younger kids in rugby or the kind of creative work that they're both doing in putting together contemporary interpretations in drama is really strong testament to that, that they see teachers modelling the idea that we're not just interested in our own little silo of information.
1: Sure. And are all these activities essentially led by teachers? Is each co-curricular opportunity, does each one have a teacher at the helm leading it and and guiding it? Or do the the students themselves sometimes put ideas together?
0: Not always. So sometimes we have, particularly in the sixth form, we have a lot of um, student-led societies. Um, It's really encouraged to, even if you get together with your friends and think about something you're interested in or you're knowledgeable about, and then Put it, put it together yourself because it's quite a good experience to know how to prepare your prepare your sessions and get the word out about your society so that happens a lot but also in the younger years I know that there will be people who are interested in something specific and there isn't currently a club that does this and I guess if they're younger there'll be a member of staff on hand but it's still organized by the by the students themselves so it's not just the teachers
2: which I think is really good. Yeah, so something like manga and anime has been set yeah. up by Year Eight <laughs> and Nine kids. Um, Alex is doing a like yes <laughs> move, <laughs> and like Jay was saying, the the equality society tea, as in drinking tea and gossip, is um, student led. Yeah. So you come up with the the kind of social issues based <laughs> discussion topics, don't you? But with yeah. adults there for, I guess, mediation should it yeah. be necessary? I think especially
0: for that kind of thing. You need, I guess in order for it to work, you need the student insight because obviously the teachers all are great, but they don't always know exactly how the all stu- the young people are thinking. So if we're very in touch with that, then I think that makes it a lot more kind of accessible and interesting to the students
1: i see so you're saying that the teachers will do their best to provide whatever stimulating ideas and activities they can but sometimes it's you yourselves the students who have got the better ideas about what you'd really find fulfilling and useful and valuable to, to talk about and to deal with
0: yeah i think it's a more well-rounded approach to have different opinions um and to have people that know what people are going to be interested in because otherwise, if you have, I think, Miss has sometimes talk to us about what to do um, in terms of topics for assemblies because things that adults might be interested in are often quite different to what people in our age group would be interested in.
1: I see. Now, Alex, we heard mention there of the Duke of Edinburgh's award uh, and the fact that you're a participant in that, yes? Yes. Tell us a bit uh, for those of us who maybe haven't come across it um, or who need a reminder. What's the what's the idea around the Duke of Edinburgh award?
3: Essentially it's a it's a four part program one of which is an expedition and then there's a physical aspect, a skills aspect and then a volunteering aspect. And essentially it's just to get young people involved in doing as much as they can just across the board. And there's three different stages, there's bronze, silver and gold. And for each one you do a different length expedition and a different time period of doing an activity for physically, skillfully and volunteering wise. And I think it's, it's a program that kind of encourages not only doing things across the board, but also sticking at them. Because the higher up you get in the in like in the ladder, the longer you have to do each thing for. So for silver, I had to do a physical activity. Um, so I did rugby and then for my skills, I did piano. And I joined a litter-picking club for, in Epping Forest for six months to clean up Epping Forest for my volunteering. And I think it's it's a really good it's a really good thing because it means young people who wouldn't have got involved in this thing, and especially since at this school, they really encourage it, especially at the lower levels, at least bronze and silver, they really encourage doing. It's really good because it means everyone will get involved in doing at least something.
1: Now, you're both sixth formers, So exams and academic study is, of course, very important to you. Is there a risk or might anyone worry that these sorts of activities, brilliant as they sound and stimulating as they sound, is there a risk that they get in the way of your more academic-based study? Well, yeah, there's
3: always a risk, but I think that's part of the learning experience, learning to manage your time well enough and also prioritise. Like, Obviously, you're not going to be able to do everything the whole time, but you you need to remember what is firstly important to you, secondly important in general, and third of all, what you just enjoy doing. And there may be overlap between those things. And that's what you really need to remember.
0: Yeah, I think both of us, with both of us doing quite a lot of co-curricular activities in the school, we both experienced this when we were doing our GCSEs just this year. But it's about, the school obviously helps as well. And it's about you know getting on top of your time management, and knowing what is eventually going to be more important to you. But as I was saying before with, and we were both saying about having an outlet, I think it's important to keep some of that going because that can be essential during during an exam season. But I think there might be some things that have to be put on hold for a while, but as long as you keep some of it going to have a balance.
1: So it sounds like you're telling me about almost three different kinds of benefit here. We've got the benefit that takes place within the content of the activities themselves, which sounds brilliant and fascinating in itself. Then you've got the opportunity to lead and to organise and to share your ideas. And then I really appreciate what you're just telling me there about the idea that life is full of different competing drains on our time and and competing interests and balancing our work with our leisure, with other things to do. And it sounds like you're saying that this kind of texture to your life at school actually gives you an opportunity to learn those skills and, and learn how to strike those balances correctly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's in a different structure as well. So it doesn't feel like you're always kind of doing the same thing. You might not realize even the skills that you're learning in your in the activities that you really enjoy because it's being in a classroom all day isn't isn't for everyone. And having different structure to your day to day life can be really beneficial.
1: Eleanor, would you agree?
2: Absolutely, that. But I think there are more than those three benefits that statistically, people who are well engaged in school are more likely to have positive regard for school and therefore stronger involvement outside the classroom correlates with um, stronger activity within the classroom. Um, So the scientific evidence of the resilience and the increased mental toughness that comes with um, undertaking these co-curricular activities in particular sport um, where we do see that distinction but there's no distinction in the type of activities that uh, are positively correlated with um, an increased regard for school and that increased regard for school is connected to uh, an uptick of at least one GCSE grade per child in terms of co-curricular participation. And that's not a study from our school, that's a national study which um, has revealed that those children measuring what their expected results would be and um, taking into account other possible factors, those children who participate in activities outside the classroom, Uh, achieve one grade higher at GCSE minimum than those children with the same predicted
1: grades who don't participate outside the classroom. You mentioned an extra regard for school there. What do you mean by that? That the
2: evidence shows us that kids who are involved in this this community that we've just been talking about, um, building relationships with teachers, teachers, having a laugh with teachers in more relaxed settings, um, building relationships with other kids not in their year group, um, building a sense of pride in a community is really psychologically healthy. That sense of ownership and uh, belonging means, means a lot to humans. And the, the stronger sense of Belonging in a community somebody has, the more stable they are and the more stable you are, the more able you are to succeed in the areas that matter to you.
1: I certainly get that impression from chatting to Alex and Jaya here that their their resilience and the way they are growing as as people is really helped by this, this breadth of what goes on at school but a question for alex and jaya are these sort of activities compulsory at school i can hear the benefit but i can also appreciate how different people may have different ideas do you have to participate in these sort of things
3: well i can't speak for everything obviously but rugby wise and sports wise a lot of it is dependent on what you're interested in so for games especially we there's a there's a form that goes up that with like 20 different sports and you can choose which one you want to do for that for the games period, and everyone gets to choose whatever. And then the staff that take each one is is decided before the term, so that everyone is catered to. And then outside of that, if you want to do a club after school, it's completely up to you to sign up. But it's just very well. It's really encouraged, not not only by staff but by students as well.
0: And it's also kind of it's strongly encouraged, but it's also kind of the norm that people get involved and it's not something that has to be pushed too hard because a lot of people enjoy getting involved with the rest of school life because of the other benefits that we've talked about um so i think it's it doesn't really require compulsory action i would say
2: um i was visiting when alex and jay and i were talking earlier on this week about whether it would be good for younger kids to have compulsory activity in certain areas to make sure they were balanced. Uh we were talking about how that might be complicated with those kind of middle years teenagers who can be more more resistant to participation. And uh today I went to the sixth form led baking society um which was really lovely to see. Haha, ha, the the sweetest club on offer. <laughs> <laughs> and um do you know what loads of lower fourth kids are involved, including it's about 40, 60 uh, boys and girls participating. Yeah, and I was really delighted to see that the sick form have understood what it is that would appeal to our middle teens. And there's a bunch of teenage boys turning up to uh, share
1: their bakes of the week. I found that really heartwarming. This sounds great. The fact you've got not only a bunch of maybe slightly younger children given the opportunity to explore this sort of fun and have this kind of learning. But that opportunity for those sixth formers to have that leadership, to to help their their younger peers, that there's an extra benefit going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that cross-age group um, interaction is so healthy for everyone. So it sounds like you're saying that even though these activities aren't technically compulsory, there's so many options and so many choices and so many opportunities that there's something for everyone Uh, and everyone engages to some extent because the right activity, the right club, the right society, the right sport is there for them somehow.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely the aim.
1: Wonderful. Well, look, you've all really helped me, all three of you, Eleanor, Alex, and Jaya. You've helped me understand that these activities that go on, these co-curricular activities uh, and pastimes and pursuits and clubs and societies, they're not just an extra. They're not just something that sits on the edge of your core school experience. They really are part of your school experience. And it's really evident chatting to you how they're helping you to learn and to grow. And I'm so grateful you've shared all these ideas with us.
2: Yeah, and we haven't even got round talking about the benefits of uh, going on school trips and the kind of uh, fun that that can involve and um, my Model United Nations programme and the East London Chess League and um, the site-specific performance of Euripides' Trojan women that uh, these two are doing in a. Disused newspaper warehouse in Hackney this weekend,
1: and uh... well, tell us a bit about those ideas that you've just mentioned there. Tell us about uh, about a couple of those those themes, those brilliant uh, ideas that you just mentioned.
0: Yeah, so the um, Trojan Women play that Miss was just talking about. So that's something we're both involved in, um, and this is again something where the student teacher relationships are really being worked on. So our head of our head of drama, who is the A level drama teacher. Decided that she'd like to put together a kind of sort of student led theatre company. So it's the A level drama students plus a few extras, such as Alex and some other people. Um, And so we've kind of been working alongside the teachers rather than just being directed by them, um, which has been a great experience. So it's on Monday, we're going to a the site that we were just talking about and it's really exciting because that's it's the kind of thing that it's obviously not on the curriculum but it's going to be so helpful for us in terms of the things that we have to write about for a level drama Um, and it's kind of things like that where we know how much the teachers care about enhancing our knowledge because this is something the teacher has thought of off her own accord is not of any benefit to anyone other than the students so that's really nice to see and everyone's really excited
1: about it. And Alex, when it comes to experiences outside the school, trips, going off exploring other places, what are the highlights that, that you can pick out that you've enjoyed?
3: The school puts on a lot of sports tours. So I've been on, I think I've been on two sports tours in my years at school.
2: That's despite COVID. Despite
3: you? COVID, yeah. One of which was in year seven, we went to Wales on a, on a rugby tour and one of which was in lower fourth which is year nine I think mm, yeah which was to Barcelona for hockey and the teachers the teachers that come on those trips don't get paid any extra <laughs> they 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 come on their own accord in the holidays and they come spend time with their students because they want they want their students to thrive and have fun and just learn more than what is on the curriculum and I think mm. it's it's really nice to see because especially being in that situation maybe you don't realize it at the time but a few years down the line now I'm thinking like Some of the best memories I've made in school were on those trips with teachers and without teachers, but it wouldn't have happened without the teachers that gave up their time.
1: That's such a great thing to notice. That's such a great thing to appreciate, the fact that it's the... That even though a lot of these activities are student driven as we've heard a lot of it comes down to the passion and the enthusiasm of the teachers who are there to try and make your experience at school as best as it can possibly be absolutely yeah thank you all so much the way you've given an impression of this makes me think that as soon as we say goodbye now you're all three of you going to be rushing off to some next club or society or baking club or sports match
2: concert tonight that we're preparing for yeah it's going to be gorgeous we've got a beautiful Christmas tree in the quad and we're going to be singing carols around that we've got mince pies and the you know the kind of community experience that the kids together with our really creatively minded teachers build is it's just so precious you know especially after all the COVID horror to see people being able to rebond and have those important experiences in real life with real people makes all the difference.
1: Wonderful. Well, look, I'll bid you farewell. Thank you so much for your time on this episode of Bancroft's broadcast. It's been really good finding out more about what goes on at the school. Thanks. Thank, Thank
2: you, Clive. Oh, we were so glad to be here. Thanks, Clive.
1: We were speaking there to Bancroft's head of co-curriculum, Eleanor Burnside, as well as students Jaya Robertson and Alex Ngasser. They were sharing not only a taste of all the options for things to do beyond the classroom, but helping us understand how the co-curriculum forms a vital part of children's learning experiences.